Chris, why is this movie called Rogue? Yeah. Is, I, is the crocodile a rogue? He's gone rogue. He's gone. <laughs> I thought I thought it was because he, he classed into rogue. Oh. I, I, like, figured it's, like, a rogue animal. Like, you know, he's not acting like how normal types of that animal act. I don't know. But that's not true. Yeah, I know. So... Because, like, a rogue elephant is an elephant that's just, like, trampling everybody and goring them and stuff. Yeah, but so. that's... It's still... The movie... Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Um, welcome to Creature Crunch, the podcast... The podcast... The podcast where we take a creature, drag it underwater, and store it in uh, under a, like a rotting log for a while uh, to eat later on. My name is Matt. And I'm a big, sweepy crocodile. And uh, this week we are covering another one of our requests, 2007's Noise, Background Noise, the movie. 2007's Rogue. Yep. Australian movie about a crocodile. Sure was, buddy. Um, so, Chris, what'd you think? <laughs> uh, part of it was because like I was just not in the mood for anything this week. Sure, sure. And also, like, this was boring. It was a very boring movie. This was bad. There was, like... It, it wasn't Big Legend bad because there wasn't anything, like, terribly wrong with it. Sure. It was just dull. It was very boring. Like. Yeah. There was a lot of no crocodile. That was a big part of it. Is like like I'm, uh, in my notes I mentioned like uh, it's easy to do like a big crocodile movie for your monster because you don't ever actually have to show it right until the end and then it looks like a big cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this movie apparently got nominated for awards for its special effects. Two thousand seven, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it looks all right, I guess. I mean, but if you if you do separate out. The fact that it is a cartoon, it looks like a good crocodile. Like the yeah. the, the design of it was good, I would say. Like <laughs> it's hard to fuck up a crocodile. I wouldn't put it past anybody. But you just, um, you just take a crocodile and scale up, <laughs> and then boom, you got got rogue. So, um, but yeah, it was it was very boring. The uh, the internet tells me that the uh, the crocodile has all of like. Five and a half minutes of screen time. I believe it. I believe it. Which... <sighs> Godzilla 2014 got an awful lot of flack for the amount of time that Godzilla was not on screen. Right. I get that criticism, but as a Godzilla fan, I also defended it because well, when, when it, he, it's different. When he does show up in that movie, like you feel it. Like it It's is, important. It is a presence. And it's not just suddenly at the end of the movie, like, here's Crocodile, or here's Godzilla. Like, right. he shows up throughout the movie, it's just, just not for long periods of time. Right, right. Whereas and, in this, yeah. it's... Yeah, I, I... It's an okay movie. It's a, it's a movie. There's uh -huh. nothing, like you were saying, there's nothing inherently bad about it. I would not watch this again. If I'm going to watch a giant creature movie, like a giant animal movie, it's got to have... Some sort of twist to it, of some kind. I think that's a big to part make of it, it interesting. Too. Other than it's just that, but big. Yeah, like it well, better be atomically big. <laughs> like <laughs> this creature has munched on radiation, or I look interesting. Other than just this, but big, or be hilariously bad, like like Night of the Lepus bad, or right. well, something. So part of the problem is like this because this movie isn't even. 
crocodile, but big. This is like I, I was doing research into into saltwater crocodiles. Yeah, this is a, I mean a larger specimen, but not unnaturally. Yeah, large. this is larger than normal, but yeah, not but still within the realm of possibility. Yeah, this yeah. was meant to be a survival movie. The problem is with a survival movie, you need to have characters that are interesting uh-huh and charismatic and like you you have to want them to live yeah you like you you have to root for them for the whole you, you have to root time. for them to live and you have to share in their struggle right there was neither of that in no this. no these so. characters like are so wooden nothings they're it's... they're they're tropes at best and even that is a stretch yeah. like they weren't even tropes yeah. Like, I couldn't even be like, oh, he's the asshole, she's the, the city girl, et cetera, et cetera. There was none of that. They, yeah. they were just generic tourists. Yeah. But, uh, well, and then one reporter who was there doing a report of some kind and decided to go on a crocodile trip? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he was there for. The, I, the, the idea was that he, he, writes, he writes for a travel magazine, and I guess he was probably doing this as research. But in the beginning of the movie, he's talking about how his luggage was lost and he doesn't have his laptop. So it's like, it, it never comes back. Yeah. He it just, doesn't matter. He he saw the, he sees the, the, like, reports for crocodile attacks and is like, I should go on a crocodile tour. And then he does. <laughs> and that's like his entire motivation for the rest, for the entire movie. See, I got the, I got the impression that that he was probably going to go on this tour mm. because I mean, well, he, he doesn't have a ticket. He doesn't have a ticket. That's the. Because it was lost in the luggage is the, what I, but whatever it does. Then again, I don't know how you would get whatever. Yeah. No, Let's, he just jumped on board that boat. man. <laughs> but the other guy had two tickets. The other so guy had fine. two tickets. It, yeah. it balanced like, out. His story was actually like, he had the most fleshed out story that the dude with his, like scattering his wife's ashes, but it didn't go anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. It mattered nothing. He just vanishes. I mean, he, uh, okay, well let, let's, let's, yeah. let's, so what do we think? Whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a meh movie at best. Um, it's, I mean, there's going to be spoilers in this, I guess. I Big crocodile, eat people. Yeah. Not even, not, not, enough, not people. enough people. But, um, well, here we go. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump right in, I guess. Jump right in, 10 minutes in, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so this was written and directed by Greg McLean, who previously wrote and directed Wolf Creek, which is a... Yeah, From when I, I, Wolf Creek is good. I've yeah. seen Wolf Creek. I like that movie. It's a pretty, tent, like, taut and tense, like, mm -hmm. stalked through the Outback style movie. And, um, interestingly enough, speaking of the man who has the two tickets, uh -huh. that man, who's, his character's name is Russell, he's played by John Jurat, who is Mick Taylor in Wolf Creek. He's the villain oh. in Wolf Creek. I didn't even recognize him. He looks very different. That's what the internet tells me is okay. that he is. He, that's the same guy. So, um, but uh, anyway, uh, Greg McLean did Wolf Creek, Wolf Creek Two, doing Wolf Creek Three. He did the Wolf Creek TV series. Yeah. Um, but he also did The Darkness in 2016 with Kevin Bacon. Which one's that? I, can't I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't. I remember with that it. movie existing. I. But I. Yeah. I. I looked at it. I have not seen it but he did that um but this movie was inspired by the true story of a 16 foot crocodile named sweetheart 
Okay. Which is about the same size as the crocodile in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Sweetheart was known for attacking boats in uh, from the 1974 to 1979. Um, although Sweetheart never killed anybody. He was never like attributed to any human deaths. He was just a, a little scamp. He was a just prankster. a scamp. He just he just he attacked some boats. Probably scared some people. Um and he was eventually <laughs> he was the equivalent of the Jaws ride at Universal Studios. <laughs> um and he was eventually captured alive, but unfortunately he did die while being transported somewhere, probably to a refuge uh, or a yeah, zoo or something. Some kind. Yeah. But he unfortunately did die. He drowned after getting like caught under a log oh, during transport. The, that uh, sucks. Yeah, the, the the rescuers kind of attribute it to maybe the uh, the like the relaxant that they had to give him. Oh, um, so it was it was a little bit sad. But that's I, kind of what this movie is loose yeah. is inspired by. It's not based on, but it's inspired. By. <laughs> it's inspired by the existence of a larger than normal crocodile. Exactly. Correct. So, <laughs> um, incidentally, uh, this movie does give us a lot of saltwater crocodile facts. It sure does. Um, and I'll get into some of them a little bit more detail in detail, but because of this, uh, in my research, I learned a lot more about saltwater crocodiles than I did before. Well, not a total waste of an afternoon, no, I guess. Like, honestly, I learned a lot that I didn't know, and I'm thankful I do now know. Yeah, um, I, I like large instance, reptiles. For instance, it, it doesn't come up in this movie, but I always thought that the... That crocodiles, alligators, and all of the ilk, um, their jaws have real strong muscles to close. Mm -hmm. Like, you cannot pull them open, um, but it's easy to pull them, to shut them. Apparently, saltwater crocodiles, that is not the case. They are apparently relatively easy to force their jaws open. Hmm. That's not something I knew. Okay. But anyway, uh, so uh, we start this movie. Um, Hello, Tubi, my old friend. Um, had to watch it on Tubi. Yep, we did, which means that, uh, did you get the Ladder Life commercial this time? I absolutely did. Yes, I love, like, I got that a couple times throughout this, and I was so happy when it, it came was, up, because it's like, yes, it's so thematic, it's it correct. It was really good. It, it it's was, a very good commercial. Yeah, for, for those who do not know or do not remember, I, I don't remember what episode you brought it up in, but, oh, uh, yeah, enough. it's a Ladder Life insurance commercial where a man comes home. Um, and there's a crocodile, a crocodile or well, an alligator or something in his yeah, bed. Yeah, there's like a, a line of rose petals leading up to his his bedroom, and he's thinking like, oh, my wife left it for me. It's time for sexy times. And he runs up there and like jumps into bed, and there's someone covered up in there, so he pulls down the covers, and it's a big old crocodile that just mauls him. And yeah, and then and in like in the bathroom, his wife is there like listening, like, uh -huh. well, I hope it kills him. And the the whole idea is, you know, your life insurance so good, you'll want them dead. Yeah, um, and then it gives you the, the little <laughs> message at the end. It's like, don't actually do this. Yeah, do, don't do this. You will not. Yeah, yeah, your your life insurance policy will be voided if you do it's this. It's <laughs> very funny. Like, life insurance is so stupid, but that's very funny. No, it was a good, it's a good commercial, and it was very apropos for this movie. It yeah. was great. Um, and, uh, but anyway, um, so we start the movie, and oops, I accidentally put on The Lion King. Yeah, that. But, oh, but it's a bootleg. The music's really weird. <laughs> It's so similar, and it opens on such a similar scene, like with the sun coming up over the Some. the like desert. And... <laughs> it is it is that symbol. So um, here's here's my uh, brief segment of uh, according to IMDb for the day. Oh dear. Um, according to IMDb, uh, this is a direct parody of The Lion King. This movie. <laughs> the whole movie. <laughs> Yes, if you look, if you squint at it real close, yeah. you'll see the similarities. <laughs> The lion, or the, uh, the, uh, the crocodile is clearly Scar. Okay. Who's Simba? Um, our, our suit, the main reporter Who, dude. Who's Rowan Atkinson as a, as a little bird? Uh, that would be the dog. Okay. Who, who's the farting warthog? 
Um, that's got to be our photographer. Okay. Yeah, see? They're, they yeah, one-to-one -one parallel. They, they, <laughs> they line up perfectly. So, um, anyway, uh, we are apparently in Northern Territory, Australia. Yep. And uh, this movie is very Australian. In fact, many consider it an exploitation film. An Australian exploitation yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, that's basically what Wolf Creek is too. I mean, fair. It's like okay, there's a scary guy who lives out in the the Australian outback, and if you go out there, he's gonna murder the hell out of you, and then he does. <laughs> um, so we interrupt this music to bring you some water buffs or cows. Or yeah, cows. Something. I don't know. I don't know what they are, uh, but. Like the subtitles describe them as buffalo, so I think they're they're water buffalo. That's what I thought. But, but what they are is lunch. Yeah, at least um, one of them is. Yeah, I had the note. I bet they're gonna get crocked, and then it got crocked. Yeah, and yep, that's that's how nature do that. Yep. That be nature. So uh, we get our title. It's got croc skin. It does, I guess. And then we cut to a greyhound bus uh, dropping off a suit. Uh, we learn through IMDb, Wikipedia or subtitles that this man is named Pete McKell. I don't think he ever says his name in the movie at all. Someone calls him Pete at one point. I missed that. I don't know. I, I, yeah. But, but his, his name is Pete. Um, he's played by Michael Varton. And he's, I, we learn later on, a travel article writer, I guess. Like we were just discussing. I knew, like, I knew he was a journalist of some kind. I honestly glossed over what he was actually journalizing. Mm -hmm. But he, uh, he heads into town. Um, where it's very, very hot, uh, mm -hmm. goes into, like... The bar. <laughs> the bar. It's got a lot of taxidermy. There's, like, a case full of headless somethings in a tub. I thought they were rats at first, but then I was looking at them, and they're like, no, maybe they're rabbits. Maybe I they're... Know. I don't know. They're headless and skinned. I don't know what I'm looking at. It's weird. Um, and then he, he talks to this bartender guy, and I, God damn, do I wish the camera would just take a step back away from the actors. Oh my God. Like, like it, they're, the bottom, their chin is at the bottom of the screen, and you don't see their forehead. Yeah. It's far too close. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, he orders a coffee and takes a phone call, and the shopkeeper puts a dead fly in his cappuccino. Well, because he's kind of a, he's saying like, oh, this is a little shithole town to the person on the phone. Well, and... he, he has, he has reception issues. Yeah. And he says the service sucks. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, referring to the cell phone issues. But the the bartender dude overhears him and thinks that he's talking about him. So yeah, he puts a dead fly in his coffee. Well, he says something like the the service always sucks in these little towns, uh -oh. little nowhere towns, or something like that. I missed that, but yeah, whatever. It doesn't amount to anything. Um, you never well, see the outcome of that. that I was mean, more he, like he, he he takes a sip from it and then he's like, "This is gross," and he throws it away. Yeah. Whatever. Like, I, I was more entranced by the fact that he had, like, a really old Motorola flip phone. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, wow, I haven't seen one of those in forever. It says in 2007. Yeah, I know, so. but... Uh, but while he's on the phone, he sees an, a, a wall of uh, croc articles on it. Just, like, a bunch of... Cro crocticles, if you... Crocticles. If you will. Um, and apparently these are all real pictures. These oh, are really? all real... So that's a real dead kid that they showed us. Yes. They Why? Show us, they show us a... Uh, a, an eviscerated dead kid. Yeah. And they show it to us real hard and real long. Yeah. When I understand it, it is a real picture. That's fucked up. Isn't it great? That's not cool. I no, don't. No. Like, that's... So, um... What yeah. the hell? Yeah. Uh... So we, uh... We then... See it's actually really... I, I'm, a, I'm actually upset about that. You can be upset about yeah, that. Yeah, I will be I'm, upset about I'm that. I'm not gonna stop you. Um... But we, we leave that place. Um... I guess this was just trying to sow the seeds that crocodiles are a thing yeah the um, existence of crocodiles that 
eat people. Yep. And he uh, he ends up boarding um, a river cruise called Ryan's Wildlife River Cruise. Yep. Who's run by Kate Ryan, uh, played by Rada Mitchell. Uh, if you'll remember, this was our uh, female protagonist in uh, Pitch Black. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't twig to that. I mentioned that in the Pitch Black movie. Oh, did you? Yeah, during that one. That I that's how don't I remember. told you that we this movie was coming. But oh. uh, but yeah, this is uh, this is her. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, he boards this boat with along, uh, uh, along with a bunch of other tourists. And he boards without a ticket, like just says that he has one. And, Trust me, he says. And I guess Kate's okay with it just because like one guy has two tickets. So she's but, like, eh, it comes out in the wash. Yeah. But I don't know. It's a pretty douchey thing. It, to it do. is. And I still don't understand what the hell he's doing on this boat. <coughs> like, why did he decide to do crocodile trip? I don't know. And, and the, the, the smaller boat, too. Like, because there's a bigger boat nearby. In fact, some of the tourists are complaining about that. Yeah. But whatever. Um, but the uh, the crew, um, the, the passengers and crew of this ship uh, include, of course, Kate, her dog, Kevin, who is played by Patch the Wonder Dog, and has only, who only has one credited role. Is it this, in this one? movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's a different movie. That's weird. <laughs> um, but... Uh, we also get, uh, like I said, Russell, who's played by John Jarrett, the uh, our, our villain from Wolf Creek, who has two tickets, but seems to be alone. He's just got a mustache. Second ticket is for his mustache. Um, we've got a married couple who have a kid at home, I guess, or something. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. We've got, we've got a married couple. Um, Mary Ellen, played by Carolyn Brazier, and Everett, played by Robert Taylor, who plays... Um, now, Robert Taylor plays as a character named Heller from The Meg. I, I don't remember. It's been forever since I've seen the movie. But he's in the Meg. He had a minor role in Kong Skull Island. And he's in Wolf Creek t- TV series. So this man is... Of all of the actors, save for um, save for Rodham Mitchell, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Taylor is probably the most prolific. Yeah. I mean... No, I, I take that back. Take that back. There's one other. But Robert Taylor is one of the more bigger type okay, I mean, I've, other than the Wolf Creek TV series, I think I've seen everything he's been in. So... Right. That's something, I guess. But um, we've got a... Uh, a woman, very understanding woman who's smoking. Her name is uh, Gwen, played by Celia Ireland. Uh, we've got an older couple with a teenage daughter who has a digital camera. This is uh, Elizabeth, played by Heather Mitchell. Uh, Alan, Joff, who's played by Joff Morell. And Sherry, played by Mia Wasikawaska, uh, who is uh, plays as Edith in Crimson Peak. She's That's the, a good movie. She's the movie. She's uh, our, our Sherry for this movie is the lead for Crimson Beak. Okay. I wish we were watching that movie. And then we have a photographer named Simon who's played by Stephen Curry. Okay. That's our crew. That's our... Buffet. I took detailed notes about them thinking that it was going to be important. Yeah, you went... Like, that's a lot of notes for people who aren't going <laughs> to matter. Don't matter, no. At all. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the tourists all really seem to want to see some saltwater crocodiles. Um, and that's it. Um, and then we get... A lot of our, uh, a lot of our crocodile facts. Um, we see a crocodile, like leaping out of the water to try to get some food. We learn that they can they can jump real high out of the water. And I, I had sure to note can. that oh man, I'm sure this won't come up to, come into play later on. And it didn't. And it I didn't. was like oh, I was fooled. Because um, that would have required them to show the crocodile for more than five minutes. <laughs> they didn't. Yep. Uh, we learned that you know saltwater crocs can swim up to uh, twenty miles per hour, mm-hmm. um, and they 
kind of study their prey and watch them and can watch them for long periods of time and can be anywhere between 20 to 25 feet long. And again, I researched all of these facts. They're all true. Yeah, this is one of those weird, like, incidents where the real creature is more interesting than what we see in the movie. Right. Well, I, I, I thought it was kind of surprising because, like, Kate's talking about how... You know, the, the crocodile will watch their prey and learn mm-hmm. their behaviors. And, like, if you need to go get water, do so at different times each day. And I'm yeah. like, that has to be a made-up movie no. fact. And, no, it's true. It's mm-hmm. what That's what happened. So, I was kind of impressed. Yeah, I um, just really wanted to watch, like, a bunch of croc and gator footage <laughs> instead of this movie. <laughs> yep. Um, our two leads, Pete and Kate, have a brief conversation that leads to nowhere. Yep. And I didn't take notes on and it, I'm glad because it doesn't matter. No, I can't um, even remember. But then eventually anything. a motorboat speeds by and one of the uh, occupants of this motorboat is mooning the tourists. Yep. And then they board the boat. Yeah. These are our douchebags for the evening. What um, if they were just like actual pirates? Like <laughs> <laughs> That would have been so much more interesting no, if they were pirates. <laughs> no, these are these are our Australian rednecks. Um, they are uh, Neil played by Sam Worthington, who's better known as Jake from the Avatar movie. Or movies. Okay. As, as it were. Yeah. So our, our, our lead douchebag is the main character in Avatar. with Smurfs. Yep. And uh, he seems to have some sort of history with Kate. Uh, she, yeah. She tells him to bugger off and he refuses. Uh, she threatens to run over their boat and his companion Colin, who's played by Damian Richardson, uh, who's wearing just the, the worst shorts... <laughs> they're not good. <laughs> like there is so much leg on this man. I don't yeah, like it. But I, he like if you, I don't care if you want to like wear shorts that show off your legs. Like more power to you. Get ones that fit. <laughs> well, especially since like okay, I'm not an Australian expert. I don't know Australia all that well. Okay. Um, I know America and I know American rednecks. This man is American redneck from waist up, and like. <laughs> and speedo from from ways they're to down. very tiny shorts so he's he's where he's got the tattoo he's got like the yeah. sleeveless jean um like the denim den- vest like the je- yeah. denim vest the hat and then just like black speedo it's yeah. just like oh it's, why well in case he falls in the water you don't want to get your <laughs> riding leathers wet or anything <laughs> but um but anyway he freaks out and uh he freaks out and takes off dumping um dumping uh, Neil into the water. Everybody laughs, even though just moments ago, they, everybody was very terrified of being in the water because of all the crocodiles. Yeah. But this is funny antics. It's. I, I figured like, oh no, this guy is going to be our first victim of the crocodile. He's going to get chomped on by the crocodile and then that's going to no, like, change the mood of the, of the trip. Everyone's going to be afraid and we're going to have to get out of the water. And it's just like, no, it's just a funny thing that happened on the way to the island. Yeah. No, what is funny though, is behind the scenes, Worthington was terrified to film this scene because up till that point, there were reports of a 14-foot-long crocodile spotted in the area. That would have been really unfortunate if somebody <laughs> got, you know, croco-mauled while filming yeah. this movie. So he was terrified to report this scene, or to, to he was terrified to film this scene because a crocodile, the same size as the crocodile we see in the movie, was reported to be in the area. Right. Uh, I guess it, eventually, like, they learned after the fact that that crocodile had been captured and put in captivity or something. Okay. So there was no danger, but he was like, they, <laughs> he made it very difficult to film this scene because he didn't want to go in that water. Right. It's I don't like, blame him. Yeah. It's like, I'm filming a movie about a giant, a crocodile, this exact size eating people for being in this exact place. Yeah. <laughs> like, but anyway, um, and then, yeah, we, we see, uh, we see our, our Russell dumping ashes into the river and, and we have a moment with uh, 
where uh, Sherry sees him doing this and they share a, a look and it's like, oh, this is going to turn into something. This this is going to be a sweet character moment between the two later on or something like, and no, it doesn't come up ever again. Um, Nothing comes up again. Like there's so many just one note things that are, you think are going to be character beats and they're just dropped. Yep. Um, before they, when, when they're about ready to start heading back, um, Everett spots a flare in the distance and Kate decides to investigate. Uh, many of the tourists aren't really thrilled about this because they want to get back. But Kate's like, you know, if it were you out there, you'd right. want me to come. So it's like, okay, sure. So well, she asks Pete what, like, <laughs> he would do. And it's like, okay, you're the boat captain. Why are you asking this random-ass American tourist what you should do? Yeah. Like, that is... Yeah, they they get they go over there and they don't find anything. And yeah, she asks Pete, like, what do you think? Should we go? Should we stay? What should we do? It's like... You're, this is your boat. Like, <laughs> yeah. A, you have a responsibility to get these people back safe. Like, I get wanting to check out the flare and everything. Yeah. This is why, A, you have a radio back to shore at all times. B, you make sure it works. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and so, you don't do the, you just radio, hey, I saw a flare off in these coordinates. Send somebody to go check it. We're headed back to shore ASAP. Mm-hmm. Like the, the only thing that I can guess and extrapolate from this is that maybe in like early drafts or behind the scenes, somewhere along the line, Kate was meant to be not like as altruistic and good of a character. Like I get the feeling that like she, she mentions how like after they do get stranded spoilers mm-hmm. here in a second, um, she mentions how her father will come and like send a rescue team once he realizes that she's right. not there, but that never happens. No. Um, and I get the feeling that she is kind of, maybe not necessarily grifting, but, like, she probably doesn't have a license to do this. She doesn't have, like, any authority to do this. She was just like a, I'm going to start a tour boat. And it's, like, if any of that had been, had come up in the movie, yeah, that would... It, it would have made sense. But yeah. it feels like that was the case, but most of that got lifted to make her either seem like a better character or they it's just decided so, not to, but... Like, there's just so much nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, uh, after this, like, they're about ready to turn back and they do see a sunken boat. And Mm -hmm. then something hits their boat and causes a huge leak. Yeah. Uh, we learn pretty soon afterwards that it was the crocodile. And this is another thing where it's like, wow, would a crocodile really attack a riverboat like this? And then learn later on, like I said, in the research, yeah, sweetheart did. This is exactly what they did. Yeah, yeah. When they get territorial, this is what they will do. So it's like, okay, you know, point-free movie, I guess. Um, In desperation, Kate rams the boat onto a tiny island, and she suspects that they must have stumbled onto this croc's territory. Um, They also determined that they're in a tidal river, which means that as the the tide rises, um, it will basically flood this entire Mm -hmm. island. Um, And Everett has a line that says that We can't sit on this pile of mud waiting to go underwater in pitch black. Because pitch black. (laughs) Okay. There's a a note there. Okay. (laughs) Um, Alan wants to swim to the mainland before the water gets too deep, which I think is a perfectly reasonable thing to jump to. Right. So this is where one of the biggest problems that I have with all of the characters, every time, every single time, any character comes up with any semblance of a plan, uh-huh. everyone jumps else on them. jumps and starts shooting it down immediately. Yeah, yeah. Instead of the desperation of like, you're willing to do this to maybe save us all? 
please do. No, it's, you're going to get eaten. You're going to get killed. That's not going to work. It's just like, wow, this is not... <sighs> Shut up, people. Yeah, it's just so... Yeah, like, uh, it's bad. Um, but uh, as they're arguing, uh, Everett, who stops Alan, because, again, everybody has to nay the, nay yeah. say the, the plan. Uh, but Everett gets crocked off screen. Yep. Like, they're arguing. It shows them. You hear water. You look back, and Everett's gone. And it's like, okay, that is kind of creepy. That that could be effective once. But, yeah. <laughs> the problem is, they do it for almost every death scene. Yeah, well, it, because they don't show the crocodile for more than five minutes, and that's all at the end. Yep. So, um, we learn that Pete isn't an animal person. I don't know why that's important. Yeah. He does, like, there are a lot of cute dogs in this movie. I had that note, like, up until, like, um, Kevin, our, our boat dog here, uh-huh. is the third dog we've seen. Yeah. And they're all, they're all adorable. They're and, all very like, good dogs. Kevin, at one point, starts licking Pete, and you can tell he's very clearly, like, disturbed by this. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, there is there is a little bit there. It, again, does not go anywhere. Um, But they, they discover that their flares are drifting away, so they have no way of signaling for help Mm -hmm. and like i said this is kind of when kate was like you know when my dad realizes that we're gone he's gonna send a rescue team but she does keep admitting like he'll probably get here after the tide comes in even though it never actually happens but their salvation shows up as the rednecks return blaring bad music and just being douchebags and then their their boat gets flipped yep because territorial crocodile um neil makes it to the island and colin disappears getting crocked off screen or he just left he went somewhere else he just swam he He swam out of this movie (laughs) he he took his speedo and left yeah (laughs) i don't blame him um and from here on forth neil is no longer a douchebag but instead yeah like the most competent person in the film it's like somebody flipped a switch Uh uh-huh i would have expected him and like your expectation is that him and Pete are going to have, like, competing ideas, and they're going to bump heads, and nothing's going to get done because of that until they realize they have to work together, and then... Right, yeah. right. Typical movie formula. Yeah, instead, no, it's just, like, they don't really like each other, but they get over their shit pretty quick. Which, you know what? Is fine. It, that is fine. It's a more realistic approach, But I it's think. like, it's like well, everyone else but. is just... So against doing anything. Yeah. Other than staying on this island and becoming lunch. (laughs) Right? Because, yeah, Neil immediately comes up with a plan, and everybody immediately starts naysaying it. Yeah. Just instantly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Neil's like, okay, here is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to move my ass over there as slow as possible. I'm not going to make a single ripple in the water. We're going to hook up a rope from here to there, and we're going to tie them as tight as we can, and we're going to have you guys, like, Shimmy shimmy across, like, super slow, not making any noise, not yeah. making any movement in the water. We're going to get out of this okay. And everyone freaks at him. Right? Um, incidentally, uh, I know this is a little bit different, but um, Mr. McLean, Greg, uh, I just want to point out that uh, I'm running a D&D campaign where this is exactly the same plan my players came up with. And they were all, everybody was collectively like, yes, good idea. Let's do it. And then they did it. <laughs> it's <laughs> true. Just, I'm just, I, I know it's a little bit different. But, (laughs) anyway, so, uh, where was I? But it's funny because uh, night falls and the tide starts to come in, Mm -hmm. and that's when they start talking about it, and Neil is like, I want to act now, 
because it's distracted. Yeah. Even though it's probably been hours or at least a, a decent amount of time right. since Colin was crocked. But we, um, we're, we're going to act now that it's much more dangerous to act <laughs> because there's yeah. more water and the crocodile has been chewing on mm-hmm. what's it calling for a while. And, <laughs> um, P- Pete tries to get a fire started, but he can't. And so Neil comes over and pours a cap full of gasoline on it to start it up. And then tells him it's a local technique. <sighs> Shit. I can't get this thing to start. That worked. Local technique, mate. <laughs> the local technique of, of gas. Of gasoline, pouring a little bit of gas on the fire as a propellant. I guess. So stupid. <laughs> um, and then, and this is when Neil finally comes up with the idea to, yeah, suspend a rope above the water and yeah. everybody cram a cloth. And uh, we also start getting some more croc facts. Uh, croc such, facts. Such as... Uh, Crocodiles will store their food. Mm-hmm. They will take it they and hide it everywhere. And again, this to me felt like it was a bullshit thing. Uh-huh. It is kind of true. Not not as true as they make it seem in the movie. Right. It has happened before where crocs will have been known to store their food. Mm-hmm. Apparently there's a lot of misconceptions about the, the idea that they do it so that the food will rot and may, therefore easier to eat, mm-hmm. which is incorrect crocs don't give a shit they will yeah they will eat whatever yeah no they store it because they know that like prey's not a guaranteed thing yeah they're not they don't get a smorgasbord that cro- like crashes on an island every day right um in fact croc some crocodiles have been known to survive a whole year without food yeah so they know that yeah ev- like evolution shit. yeah <laughs> their instincts are like food is not easy to get i'm gonna store it mm-hmm. so that does happen to a degree um, although he also says that the croc has tagged the group, which means that it won't leave because it's basically like marked them as its prey. No amount of research could corroborate this. <laughs> I did not. Under- I, at first I thought like, do crocs like spray pheromones on stuff? <laughs> like that doesn't seem right. I've never heard of that before. And then it's just like, no, it's this dude is just like, no, he wants to kill us because he's going to kill us. <laughs> yeah. This, this crocodile, we've stumbled into its territory and the crocodile realizes it's, it's, Essentially, this crocodile is like, I just got delivery and I am not letting any of it go to waste. Right, right. <laughs> but again, this is the one croc fact that I could not corroborate. Like there, like you said, there's a lot of croc facts in this movie and a lot of them seem bullshit. Yeah. A lot of them are true. Yeah. This one I don't think is. Yeah, th- this croc fact is in fact a, a croc. A cro- <laughs> um, and again... Uh, camera needs to take a few steps back from the actors, please. He gets right up in the girls. And then we, like, as they're discussing this, like, everybody, again, is arguing with Neil, like, this isn't going to work. And Kate is, like, now genuinely concerned, even though she just, moments ago, she intentionally dumped him in the water. Yeah. But now she's like, no, don't go. I, you know, it's not said, but it's like, I love you or something. I don't know. There's clearly romantic history between them, and I don't care. And fortunately, I guess the movie doesn't care either after this point. Like, it's it's one of those things where the movie wants us to care about the survival aspect and the mon- or the, the giant animal and that sort of thing at expense of the characters. Which, fine. That If that's what you're doing, that's fine. It doesn't give us enough of the animal to be able to do that or enough of the actual survival because it's focusing in on these people arguing without us giving a shit about what they're actually about. Yep. And it's just... There's no, there's not enough character for us to care about the characters, and there's not enough animal for us to care about the animal. 
So instead, you just have to sit back and look at the pretty outback. Yeah, I mean like, the, the the nature shots are gorgeous. Nature shots are very good. They're very yeah. pretty. It's a very the outback is a gorgeous place. Yeah, this is a very gorgeous scene. Stop going there and getting eaten by crocodiles. I also wish, <laughs> although I do wish that they would stop using the bad green screen. Oh, I noticed that too. Oh my god, you can it tell when they had so to do pickup bad. shots for for yeah, characters that weren't on site. It was mostly when they were in the boats. Yeah, yeah, but it's like. Oh, it, it it doesn't look good. It looks like it looks really bad. It's, <laughs> yeah, but um, so Neil does end up tying himself up because after the arguments, everybody just is like, "Okay, I guess we're doing this." Yeah, and now we're all gonna help. Um, so Neil strings himself up and wades out into the water, and he makes it across and ties ties the rope up. Good mm-hmm. for you, Neil. You planned it. You you yeah. made a plan and you executed it despite opposition and uh, criticism. And good on you. Yeah, it um, would have been better if he could have started on that like a few hours ago, like before the tide came in. It's true. It's true. But you, whatever. Um, but Mary Ellen is very desperate to get off of this island. Uh, I guess she's still pretty freaked out because her husband got crocked. Yeah. And she volunteers to go first, even though like as soon as she's on it, she's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And then she freezes up halfway and it's like, lady, you were so go- Whatever. You know what? I'll, I'll give it to you. Trauma and fear can right. do weird things to people. But um, but instead of, like, actually trying to help her, everyone just kind of screams at her. Yeah. Which doesn't help. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, but uh, Alan, the uh, the father who has his daughter, him and Sherry, um, he starts freaking out and decides that he and Sherry are going to get up on the rope and follow despite everybody protesting. They're like, no, it can't hold three people at once. But he and, and Sherry just get on there. Nobody stops them. Yeah. And then they're on there. This and is the like, one thing they don't, like actually try to fight anybody on yeah and then they they get up on there and they crawl up and mary ellen is still frozen up and now everybody's just like get her to move get her to move <laughs> you're not helping nobody's helping um but while everybody's yelling at her uh neil gets crocked yep he's on shore and you hear some rustling which surprised me because i figured he would last longer in this movie but no he gets crocked yeah off screen off screen and we see his lisa got like a lamp and it gets all bloodied and yeah i mean we get to see him later on yeah but um but he gets crocked we don't see it so it, this is like the third time that the croc has gotten somebody off screen to build the suspect and <laughs> in case we tree... don't know it's a crocodile yeah if it had turned out to be something other than a crocodile that would have been something that would have been something huge that yeah that would have been, really, been amazing really but uh like no. it's a, some sort of amphibious <laughs> rhino or something i don't know <laughs> Or just a hippo. Yeah, just a hippo. Just a Those hippo. things are fucked up. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, if, if this, or if this was like a, like legit, like the movie Sweetheart situation where it's, right, some it's something sort of else. creature. Yeah. That would have been cool as shit. I would have been all over this movie if right, that, right. that had happened. And then it would have made sense as to why you're not showing the monster. Yeah. But and we already, been a reason. we already know it's a crocodile. And we know what crocodiles look like. Yeah, they look like crocodiles. Yeah. So there's no, re- whatever. And they, they have shown us. Other crocodiles. So we for sure know what a crocodile looks like in case we did going yeah, into this. We've seen crocodiles in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But um, the uh, the tree that he tied it to, though, uh, does end up uprooting and falls over, dumping all three of uh, our people into the water. And they frantically swim back to the island instead of to shore. That, yeah. And they all make it because the crocodile is clearly busy. I mean, I guess they don't know that Neil is crocked. But, um... Alan is later on frantically apologizing about ruining the plan. 
And then he's crocked. And then he's crocked, yeah. And that's one of the more gruesome crocks. Yeah, we do get to see a little bit more of that one. It, well, it, like, pulls off his arm and, like, tosses him around and stuff. And yeah. Then... Well, we, we do get to see some of the crocodile death spin. Yeah, Which yeah. I do appreciate because that's not something you see very often in, like, this crocodile the movies. Mm-hmm. The death roll, like, that's what crocs do. Anyway. Um, Kate sprained her wrist at some point, I don't point, know when I this guess. happened. I don't know when this happened. And... And then she confesses to Pete that help might not come until morning. And again, kind of hinting that maybe she wasn't being all that truthful. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, one of the survivors, I forget which one, uh, needs some medication. And so Pete goes to the boat to retrieve those meds. And he finds a fishing hook. And then he finds the boat's anchor, which looks just like the hook. Right. And he gets an idea. He puts a plan together. He, puts, he, he, uh, he Yes, he does. And he's going to cast his line over to the shore and pull the island to shore. Yeah, he's going to <laughs> he's going to do exactly that. He's going to bug Bunny to grapple hook the other island. No, he, he decides that he wants to fish for the croc. And, of course, the rest of the survivors are all very on board with this. It's a great idea. Good job thinking Pete. No. Oh, wait, no, no, no. That would be in another movie. movie. No, yeah. they all hate his idea. They think it's not going to work. Insult him. and Yeah. Um... He's like, well, fuck you guys. I'm the only one who's actually tried to do something. You all just want to stand here until we die. Yep. Like, as he, they realize that, they're like, well, we need to use something as bait. And then they all collectively turn to the dog. And, yeah. And, every, and, and Kate everyone and I, is on board with this. Yeah, <laughs> Kate and I have the same reaction. Like, wow, you people are fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Um, but fortunately, Simon remembers that the Red Decks had ducks. Yeah. So he gets like those. Like use... They're big poultry of some yeah. kind. They call them ducks. Do they? Okay. Yeah, they call them ducks in the movie. So. I didn't know. But uh, he, they use the ducks as bait. It's like, hey, that's a lot better than a dog. Um, and then uh, Pete operates the lure. The whole plan is that he's going to basically fish for the crocodile on one side of the island. And as soon as it goes for it, everybody else can swim across. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Kate, like, as they're preparing, Kate brings Kevin over and sits him next to Pete. And it's like, hey, Pete, uh, crocodiles love the scent of dogs. So can you watch him? Because he has to be the last over for some reason. Where now, did that come from? Like, that was yeah, weird. Yeah, that is a wild statement. I didn't research this because I don't want that. I don't yeah. even want to, like, entertain that. Maybe they just if means I'm... that they're friends. Like, <laughs> they like hanging out. No, it is a wild statement that crocodiles are apparently just drawn to canines, I yeah. guess. Um, but uh, the croc does take the bait and most everybody gets to swim across and they are exited the movie. Which they're is, gone. Yeah. They're just, they just, they leave They're <laughs> That's it. We don't see them again until the very end when they're being rescued. Yeah. So like I said, all of that character, all of that, all of character it. building yeah, there is wasn't gone. much, but it is gone. Um, but while, uh, Kate is the, the last other than Pete and Kevin to get across and the croc does get loose and then Kate gets crocked. Yeah. Which, which surprised me. Which surprised me. And it's, you see it, like, grab a hold of her and, like, roll her. Yeah, it does the death, it does the death spin. Off. And it's like, oh. Like, I always thought, yeah, I kept thinking, like, oh, she'll survive somehow. And then it does that. And I'm like, oh, never mind. She, no, she's toast. She, it, this movie killed the shit out of her. I'm surprised. And then uh, Pete and Kevin do swim across. They, they make it across, though, because, of course, Crocodile's busy with Pete and Kate. Yeah. And uh, after they get across, they're, like, they're looking for the rest of the survivors, who apparently just fucking split hard yeah, after they yeah. get land. They just bolted. And of course, I'm thinking here like, okay, you're away from the crocodile 
water, like, there's nothing to stop the crocodile from coming on land. It's probably less dangerous. But you're also in the middle of the wild, <laughs> the wilderness in Australia. You're probably going to die from, like, a hundred other things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you're not out of the woods yet. Even there's though the movie is like, no, ex- they're fine. Yeah, there's extremely venomous snakes and yeah. kangaroos with knives and shit. <laughs> it's in the middle of the night in a very densely forested outback. Like, yeah. you're fucked. <laughs> but um, Kevin runs off and Pete being the uh, not ver- not very much liking animals that he does uh, tries to follow and call for Kevin trying to get the dog back he, he abandons finding the other survivors yeah um, and he eventually in the morning comes to a cave under a tree and uh, of course falls in because mm-hmm. that's how you do uh, it's like he meets this... that big old toad from uh, Pan's Labyrinth then. <laughs> thinking the same thing yeah, yeah there's, it's like a mud shoot like a mud slide yeah <laughs> So he, he just falls in, and he ends up finding Neil's eviscerated body. And we learn, oh, this is the crocodile's lair. This is the croc house. And then he finds Kevin sitting next to Kate's body. And Kate's still alive. Which is bullshit. It was horseshit. Like, that was... <laughs> that made me mad. Like, like, it was... She starts breathing, and it's like... Ugh, no, she... No. no. If she's alive, she's just barely alive. Oh and she's not making it... <sighs> She shouldn't be alive at this point. That croc no. murdered her. It murdered the shit out of her. But like she got fucking murked by that thing. Yeah, but it's she's alive, so uh, Pete is going to... He starts scooping her up. He's going to try to save her, and Kevin again runs off, and then Kevin is crocked. Yeah, which sucks. Yeah, especially since we see, like, our very first real good look at the croc is with Kevin in its mouth and just eating it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, great, this looks realistic. I hate it. Um... The croc does return and uh, finishes eating Kevin. Pete hides with Kate. And then the crocodile decides to take an after-breakfast nap. Yeah, it goes Mimi's. Mm -hmm. Um, And Pete makes a break for it. And this was a a scene that I enjoyed, actually, was when he's he's very, very, very slowly crossing this cave. Mm -hmm. And there's a pool of water that he's wading through. And every few seconds he looks back over his shoulder the camera pans and you can still see the crocodile sleeping there and of course every single time I'm waiting for him to look and it's gone or something so or its, its pretty, eyes are open or... yeah so it's a pretty intense scene I actually kind yeah. of dug it and then eventually sure enough he looks and it's not there and then we get our uh, climax of the movie where it it fights him yep uh, his hand gets crocked yeah and it really likes chewing on those fingers. Like, yeah. it makes a meal of his hand. <laughs> um, it eventually gives up on him and goes back for Kate. And then Pete throws a rock at it and when they're like to try to distract it. And uh-huh. when that works, he says in, a, in an amazing 80-yard line, Oh, fuck. The line was so out of place and read, like... It doesn't sound like he's screaming and yelling throughout this entire uh-huh. scene, but when he utters that line, it doesn't even sound like him. And it may almost, not have been, you know, if, if the screen, if the camera had not been shown, showing him when he said that, like his arm is covering his mouth. So you uh-huh. can tell, but I would have, I would have been like, Oh, it was the crocodile who said that. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it was so beautifully out of place. It was great. Uh, the crocodile's just mad that it got hit with a rock. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. What if the crocodile could talk? 
that make this an entirely different movie. And and starts here. That's the twist. Yeah, that's the twist. Is that it's actually a very intelligent crocodile. Um, he ends up holding up a big sharp stick, and the croc lunges for him and impales itself on the stick. Poor crocodile. And, yep, that's that's the end of our crocodile. Yeah. It's their five minutes and five and a half minutes five of minutes crocodile time. <laughs> uh, he somehow drags Kate's body up the muddy slide. That he couldn't. That he couldn't walk up by himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he w- wades confidently through the swamp, content in knowing that he killed the last of the crocodiles. <laughs> there are no more crocodiles <laughs> on planet Earth. Yep. So I mean, when I was doing my research, I guess saltwater crocodiles are very territorial. Right. And right. Will not tolerate other crocodiles in their territory. Right. Um, Especially one of this size, I can. Yeah. Imagine. So it's like okay, there there is a little bit of precedent there, and it makes sense. Thing is. Pete don't know that. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I just spent, like, the better part of, uh, like, a day and a half getting, like, chased around by a big old crocodile while it ate a bunch of people that I was with and yeah, no, uh, and, and, and a dog. Yeah, so now I'm just going to wade constantly And now it's just like, okay, cool, swamp. there are no more crocodiles ever. I'm fine. <laughs> and again, not to mention the other awful things that I'm sure are waiting yeah, for him. Yeah, you're going to step on some sort of water snake. <laughs> um, But he, uh, he does eventually... the dreaded eventually, Kandiru. He does eventually... <laughs> Um, anyway, so he does find the rest, of the rest of the survivors who are currently getting rescued, and then the credits begin rolling as we zoom in on the croc wall back at the shop, and yeah. Pete is now featured, and uh, it keeps zooming in, and goddamn do I wish the camera would take a couple steps back from the, fo- the picture of this actor. <laughs> I know. Because it zooms way the fuck in. Ugh. And that was Rogue. Yeah. <laughs> that was our crocodile movie. Five, five and a half minutes of crocodile and, uh, you know, 90 some odd minutes uh, of, with not a, bunch crocodile. Of, a bunch of people we don't care about. And the, the movie goes out of its way to make us not care about. Yeah. So there it is. I cared more about the cows at the beginning. I feel bad for those cows. <laughs> Poor cow. Poor cow. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that I, I did what I could with this movie. I mean, it, it the, all of the actors, I, I did my usual uh-huh. IMDb dive, and all of the actors are, are Australian, so they've all focused in on Australian movies, which I can't make fun of because I'm not familiar with them, and I don't know how right. good or bad or whatever. Um, they're there, I guess. Like, um, I, I fully admit I was probably harder on this movie than I would normally be just because of everything that's been going on this week. Sure. Um, I was just not in the mood for a giant crocodile movie, especially a bad giant crocodile movie. Sure. And this is just so much of a nothing. It it's is. just so much nothing. It's not offensively bad like Big Legend was. Like, that has moments that just... Infuriate, yeah. Like, make me so mad. Although, knowing that that was an actual picture of a dead kid does, like, make me really upset at the director. Yeah. Um, But it's just like, there's so much nothing in this movie. So, um, there we go. That's it. That's our movie. So we're going to go ahead and uh, cut over to the crunch here. Yep. Um, we'll see you in a minute. So, welcome back. Uh, We're going to crunch us up a, a giant crocodile. Now, um, you may notice, 
keen keen observers may notice that giant crocodiles are in D&D. Yeah, I was wondering what you were going to do with this because it's already in D&D in like every way. So I have when it comes to standard animals in D&D, uh-huh. I've never been impressed. No, they're usually pretty boring. They're boring, they're dull, they're I mean they're not glamorous. They're not the magical stuff. No. So they don't get all that much attention. Crocodiles, however, in particular, there's a giant crocodile stat block in uh-huh. D&D. It is a challenge rating 5. It is so boring. I hate it. This is a big chompy boy. Yeah. So I decided to take that. I basically took that entire stat block and I was just like, I'm going to shoot this up with something cool. Okay. So I did. Okay. And I made, um, it's not our first, but it is a rarity, a named villain. Oh no. I guess. Um, I originally was going to name this thing straight up sweet to, or, uh, I was originally going to name this thing straight up sweetheart. That would be confusing. After the well, not only confusing, but it, you know, based it off of the original crocodile. But uh-huh. I, then I was like, no, I don't want to create a monster that you're supposed to kill in D and D based off of a real animal that existed. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So I, I did on. I, I am honoring sweetheart with this a little with the name at least. But I I don't condone going out and killing a giant crocodile. <laughs> okay, but I can uh, get behind that. I guess. But That's a good uh, statement. My my. My croc here is named Sweet Tooth. And he drives an ice cream truck, and he tries to hit people with it, and he's in the Twisted Metal games. The very one. Yeah. Yes, or he's I that made, kid I with the sweet. antlers from, uh, or, yeah, from, from the, the Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, the shoe show. Yeah. That was a good show. The shoe. Um, this yeah. is the second season coming out. Oh, good. Well, I, I figured it would. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, this is Sweet Tooth from Twisted Metal as a crocodile. Yeah. With um, antlers. <laughs> with antlers. <laughs> Who loves sweets. Who loves sweets. Um, so he is a huge beast, unaligned. Uh, he's got an armor class of crocodile 14. Crocodile has no alignment. Nope. Crocodile. He has no allegiance himself. to anyone. <laughs> Any king. <laughs> no. <laughs> no kings, no gods, only crocs. <laughs> so he's got an armor class of 14 with natural armor, um, which is the same as the standard giant crocodile. Right. Uh, where it starts differing is the, of course, hit points. I beefed him up. Uh, he has okay. got 17 D12 plus 68, which is an average of 178 hit That's points. a lot of hit points. Yes. Also, I decreased his speed. Now, I know that real crocodiles are pretty quick on land, right. even though they don't look it. But um, this one, we don't ever see moving that fast. Right. Even on land. So I decreased we his have, speed. Well, we see him on land at the end. Yeah, yeah he, is on, he is on land, but he doesn't move very fast. He just kind of waddles. Yeah. Although so, he does move fast enough to impale himself on that spear pretty good. Had not considered that. But whatever. I gave him a speed of 20 feet. I okay. decreased his speed just a little That's bit. That's fine. But I did increase increase his speed because the standard giant crocodile has a, has a speed of 30 feet on land and 30 feet in the water. Okay. But we clearly see this one is a lot more nimble underwater. So I gave him a swim speed of 60 feet. This guy scoots underwater. That's significant, yeah. yeah. Um, but then again, I mean, we learn from our crocodile facts that Rock they facts. yeah that they can swim up to what was it like 20 miles an hour so I so think, i'm assuming you mathed that out to be correct right uh yes don't check my math okay um just trust me so i increased his attributes a little bit uh from the giant croc he's got a strength of 22 and a constitution of 18 okay um and he's got a dex of only eight because he's a big big fat crocodile oh don't insult him like that. Don't body shame the croc, Matt. Too bad. Um, but he has a proficiency. Uh, excuse me. He's got expertise in stealth. Okay. So it's a plus six. And a passive perception of ten. And he's got a challenge rating of eight. So I did increase his challenge rating because I made this guy a little bit more beefy. Okay. Uh, just like the regular croc, he can hold his breath up to 30 minutes. 
but I did give him an ability called Water Adept. Okay. While Sweet Tooth is submerged in water, its dex score is considered to be 14, which is a plus two. And I incorporated that in, uh, at least in his skills, when I have, you know, his stealth plus six, I have it in parentheses, plus 10 in water. So that's going to increase his okay. his stuff. Um, it doesn't touch his AC because 14 is still better than it would be with just his dexterity. Right. So his natural armor is still better than him being nimble. But, but for all intents and purposes, when he's underwater, he's much more nimble. That's cool. I, I dig that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I gave him an ability that I... I might rename to be a little bit more, well, you'll see. Um, I gave him the uh, trait Rogue for some reason, because <laughs> of the movie title. Okay. Uh, but when Sweet Tooth hits a creature with a melee attack and has advantage on the attack, the attack deals an additional 6d6 damage of that weapon's type. Okay. Most weapons are going to be just his teeth. But yeah, weapons. it gives him a, a sneak attack. Exactly. Okay. He's a rogue. Uh. But it also makes sense because like when they're stalking... like. I don't know. It makes sense to me. His actions are pretty simple. Uh, same as the giant croc. He's got the bite attack. Uh, it's a plus nine to hit with an average of 28 piercing damage. And then the target is grappled with an escape DC of 19. Dang. Um, and then the target, of course, is restrained and he can't bite another target. But he's also got a tail attack, uh, which is a plus nine to hit and deals an, uh, an average of 14 bludgeoning damage. So it's 2d8 plus five. And if the target is a creature, it has to succeed on a DC 19 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Now, these are a little bit stronger, but otherwise identical to the giant crocodile stat block. Okay. One key difference, however, is that always baffled me. The crocodile stat block in vanilla D&D has multi-attack, where it takes a single bite attack and a single tail attack. That always felt weird to me. Because it's like, if it's fighting one target... It's going to bite them and then spin all the way around to hit oh. them with its tail? Yeah. I mean, maybe it was meant to be like, so it can fight two people at once. <laughs> I don't know. It felt really okay. weird. So I took that out. Okay. Which keen observers will know that uh, taking out multi-attack from a monster is a huge nerf to that Right. Monster. But I did try to compensate a little bit. Okay. I gave him a reaction. Okay. Of a death roll. Oh, no. While Sweet Tooth is grappling a target, it can use its reaction to roll violently, dealing 4d10 piercing damage. Dang. To the That's a lot. target. So, if it bites someone, it can then immediately use its reaction to roll. And then every turn while that target is grappled, it can start slapping people with its tail and continue to roll. And just eviscerate whatever's in its jaws. Okay. Now, the death roll ability is the thing that I feel is the strongest misservice to vanilla D&D crocodiles. Because that is, that's what they do. That, that is what I've right. always known them to do. That needs to be something there. And to me, that's what this fulfills. So, Okay. But he is a legendary creature. He's a named creature. I also gave him legendary actions. Okay. Um, so just like standard legendary actions, he can take three a turn or three a round. Uh, his first one is he can attack, which he can make any melee attack by mm-hmm. detail. He can death roll, so he can use his death roll ability. So he's not just restricted to using it only on his reactions. Jesus. So if you're caught in this thing's jaws, goodbye. Yeah. Um, and then I gave him the ability called that I called submerge, which does cost two actions. But if he is in water, he gets to move up to half his swim speed and can use the hide action. Okay. So, like I said, I tried to compensate a little bit for taking out that multi-attack. I personally think I did. Yeah, no. 
this like that's nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, my my goal here was just to give service to the giant crocodile stat block or yeah. just giant crocodiles in general. What do you? How do you think I? Feel? I like yeah, that's a definite improvement over the van- vanilla one because, like you said, the animals are just animals in D anD. d Like, I always feel bad fighting them. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like when, when a campaign is like, like when you do have to fight like a giant crocodile or something, it's like, oh, he ain't doing nothing. He's barely <laughs> hitting us. He's just kind of existing, and we're over here uh-huh. picking on him. I feel bad about that. I mean, I I don't think I fixed that aspect, but this. no, but at least it. Feels like it could fight back. <laughs> yeah, I think that's more to the point. I think that's definitely more to the point. And like again, I get, I understand probably why they did that in vanilla D and D because those vanilla animals are not interesting when you put them in the same world as like chimeras and dragons yeah, yeah. and basilisks it's and whatever else. The dinosaur problem, mm-hmm. or even dinosaurs in a world with dragons, seem boring. Right. Exactly. So to me, it's it's like. The solution isn't just sweep them under the rug and give them just some quick stats in case they need to be in there. To me, it's give them something unique that makes them yeah. interesting and makes them a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I also understand, like, adventurers are idealized, like, in the D&D world, for all intents and purposes, superheroes. They are yes. stronger than the average person. They are capable of doing yeah. a lot more. And therefore, regular animals may not pose as much of a threat. But I would argue that if you had to fight a giant crocodile hand-to-hand, even if you are an adventurer, yeah, going to be a rough fight. Yeah, yeah. So, boom. There it is. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I dig it. Alrighty. Um, and with that, uh, we're going to wrap that up. Uh, Chris, uh-huh. what do you have for us next week? Next two weeks? What do you have for us next time? Don't do that again. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? we? She's, I am totally off my steez now. You've ruined me. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, that's my pick so uh, we are going to be watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space yeah (laughs) okay well I had a hard time picking a movie and I you know I I tend to gravitate towards stuff with more practical effects yeah that's and that's a very practical effects heavy movie it's a kind of a funny movie sure sure and I I needed something like that (laughs) (laughs) that's fair that's fair so um, it's one that I've never actually seen all the way through so um, I think you'll, you'll either dig it or hate it. I don't know. Well, I'll definitely do one of those two things. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's I... got a good theme song, if nothing else. All right. I will look forward to that specifically. Yep. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening, as always. We do really appreciate it. Um, if you want to contact us, you can on Twitter at CreatureCrunch um, or email us CreatureCrunchPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also have, of course, our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash creature crunch. It also might be patreon.com slash creature dot crunch or creature underscore crunch. I'm not really sure how it oh, shows up on the Patreon, and I've tried to look, and I've, I can't figure it out. But um, Do you want me to look? We're on Patreon. Okay. If you search <laughs> for a... creature crunch, you'll find us. Yeah, search for creature crunch. Nobody will. Um, <laughs> please, please search for Chris. Make Chris wrong. Um <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, check out our Creature Crunch where you can get our, our bonus Critter Kibbles episodes where we, um, I honestly am so <laughs> looking forward to what you're going to do for this. Chris, don't make me think about that right now. <laughs> 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 I'm in bliss right now. <laughs> but, um, hey, I've pulled out some shit before. You have. Um, <laughs> no, we, we admittedly, honestly make most of our stat block content on our Patreon. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just recently put together, and it's like, we're on episode 23, I think this is. This is 24, my the, Excuse me, yeah, you're 24. We're on episode 24, and, like, so that that equates, all like, a little bit more than 24 stat blocks, just because like, uh-huh. there's been a couple episodes, I've done two or three. Right. But when, when I add in our, twi- our, our Patreon stuff... Just creature stat blocks were at like sixty one. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not even including the magic items, subclasses, and all that yeah. stuff. So yeah, we like we have subclasses that we've made, and they seem really cool. But we don't know. <laughs> Somebody should try those some at some point. So yes, please subscribe to our Patreon so that you can try them and give us feedback. Pay us money so that you can <laughs> play test our stuff. We're bad but, at this. We are very bad at this, but I, I do think that they are they're worth looking into. If for no other reason, then uh, you can also get early access to our new show, Comics Crunch. Yeah, uh, we have uh, at the time of this coming up, we are, we have three episodes available on our Patreon already. Um, Bold statement, but <laughs> hedging your bet, bits of it there. Um, so you can get them a good two months early. Um, and they're fun. Chris does a lot of real good with that. And honestly, I'd argue that the comic crunch are becoming better than the main episodes. <laughs> I don't remember how I was, where I was going with it. Thank you for listening. Um, you can find our stat blocks on Twitter. Uh, we got a link in our description. And of course you can locate them on D and D beyond. Uh, you can just search for the, uh, <laughs> search for my old name, uh, the underscore best underscore disguise. And, uh, Chris, where can we find you specifically? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the library C that's C E E. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't feel like talking much about anything at the moment. Fair. I'm Danny Hamsteak on Twitter. Just at Danny Hamsteak. That's me. Ah, we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>